Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this service of Holy Communion. And we welcome those of you who are watching online as well. And may you be really blessed by being with us in spirit as well in body. I think Peter has got a couple of messages for us. Thanks, Jennifer. Good morning, everybody. Lovely to see you. A uh, couple of notices and then someone to, uh, to welcome back amongst us. Um, firstly, joint services start next Sunday throughout the summer. So 10 o'clock start uh, from next Sunday right through to the end of August. So just remember, okay, Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock. It should be easy um, to remember that. So that's, that starts next Sunday. Uh, and a message from Joan Parry, and I'll, I'll read it to you. Uh, Joan says, as you know, Christ Church supports Shrewsbury Youth for Christ, and next Sunday we have the privilege of hosting the AGM here in church. It's always very exciting to hear what goes on and what God has done in the year. You are all very welcome. Uh, as far as we know, it starts at one o'clock on Sunday. So it's, it's three o'clock. Thank you. <laughs> the three o'clock on Sunday, the AGM starts uh, for Youth for Christ. Uh, Joan says, any volunteers to help make tea and coffee will be much appreciated. And do see Joan if you can help with that. Okay. Now, Rachel Carrick is among us. Uh, do, do come on up, Rachel, and uh, come and say hello to everyone. And uh, <laughs> thank you. So, Rachel, I think most people here know who you are, but just for the benefit of those who may not, just say a little bit about who you are. And, Hello, it's, it's just lovely to be back in Christchurch. Uh, I'm Rachel Carrick. Um, I've been working in Tamsen, Nepal, in the mission hospital there since 1994. But I uh, was sent out from this church, so I still actually even have a house in Baston Hill in Lansdowne Crescent. I did uh, seven years working in, around uh, Shropshire before as a GP, uh, GP training and a GP before I went out. Uh, and I'm now back for three months uh, home assignment, and I'm based in Shrewsbury, coming and going quite a lot, but it'd be lovely to catch up with everybody while I'm here. Great, okay, so you're, you're around for about three months, but Rachel, you'll be coming and going and, and visiting other people around the country, is that right? Yes. Yeah, so, but uh, we'd love it if you felt able to have Rachel around for a meal, or for home group to invite her, if that's, uh, uh, you know, a date that Rachel can do and that home groups can do, um, any other things I'm sure uh, Rachel might be able to do uh, alongside uh, church while she's around. Uh, but it's lovely to see you again, Rachel. And you come back to a heat wave. <laughs> it's very nice. It's not that hot for me, but. <laughs> Great. Well, lovely to see you. And uh, we'll send a, an email out for contact number for, for Rachel in due course. I remember Rachel when she was doing a placement on maternity. Oh, it was lovely. It, it, I really feel like I've known you for so long, Rachel. It's lovely to see you back. Right, we'll start our service now. Um, I was going to say on page one, but we don't use books anymore, do we? It's page one for me. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be you, 
Peace be with you. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, The first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. The second is this, Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to life eternal. Let us confess our sin in penitence and faith, firmly resolve to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and keep us in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And we join together now in the hymn, Glorious Things of the Are Spoken.
lasting pleasure. Sounds really nice. I'm quite looking forward to that. Please be seated. The collect for this Sunday. <clears throat> o God, the protector of all who trust in you, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy, Increase and multiply us upon us your mercy, that with you as our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal, that we may not lose our hold on things eternal. Grant this, Heavenly Father, for our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. If you'd stand with me, we will say the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, Eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. And Pauline is going to bring us our reading. from the first letter of Peter, chapter 1, reading from verse 10. Concerning the salvation of your souls, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing 
when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As peace comes, I pray that he will reveal things to us unknown from this passage that is so well known to us. I bless him as he speaks your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning again. I wonder when the last time was that uh, you felt truly encouraged. You know, somebody, somebody came up to you and said, well done. You, know, you felt buoyed up, you felt encouraged, you felt, you know, confidence, affirmed that you, you'd done a, a good job at something. Uh, maybe you can think back quite a few years to school, and I don't know what you're like at school, you have to tell me, but... Uh, maybe at school you were uh, one of these people who, who did well in a particular subject. Um, art was not one of my subjects. C minus, I used to get every single piece of art I did. My art teacher just C minus. Anyway, um, but other things maybe you, you were better at than, than me. And, and you felt buoyed up when your teacher said, well done, that was a great piece of art, or that was a lovely piece of work you did. Or maybe uh, it, when you were working, or if you're working now, your boss said to you, well done, that was a great project you did with your colleagues. Or maybe you're part of a, a club or a, a group you go to in the week and, and somebody came up to you and said, oh, I'm so glad you are part of this group. Encouragement is vital for us as human beings, isn't it? We all need it. We thrive on it. We feel a little bit taller and brighter and happier when somebody gives us that well done. Uh, and just makes us feel a bit happier about the world around us. That's certainly true of me. And this is what Peter the Apostle is doing in the first chunk of his letter to the exiles. Remember he, he, we started looking at this letter last week, and remember he is encouraging the exiled church, the church scattered around the Mediterranean, the known world, and he is writing, as he says right at the start, to God's elect, God's chosen exiles scattered throughout the provinces of, etc. So that the scattered people of God around the Roman world need encouragement. They need that, well done, keep going. Because they're going through a hard time. They're going through persecution. And so they need that, keep going, you can do it. I was thinking about the 10k run that's happening here this morning and you know if you're a runner you need that encouragement you need that clap don't you you can keep you keep going you can get there you can get to the end and we saw that wonderful list of blessings didn't we last uh, last week um, verses three through to nine of chapter one is an amazing list of blessings i won't read it again but just uh, the, the the summary is this that in jesus christ we have a living hope we have an inheritance that will never fade uh, an inheritance kept in, in, in heaven is safe for us, 
We are shielded by God's power. Our faith is greater than gold. Because of Jesus, we have inexpressible and glorious joy. Because we are receiving the end result of our faith, which is the salvation of our souls. And that is an amazing array of truths of what we have in God, what God has showered upon us, and who we are in him. But do you realise, I wonder if you realise, that when it comes to your salvation, my salvation, when we think about that, we understand a lot more than those who were living in the Old Testament times. Those who were living before Jesus was born, those who, who lived before the cross, those who lived before his resurrection, those who lived before Pentecost. We know we have so much more knowledge of God than they did. We know that Jesus is alive. We know he's risen from the dead. We know he's on the right hand of the Father. We know that he will come back one day to, to this earth. He will come back to judge the living and the dead. Do we realise how blessed we are? I wonder sometimes. The privileges we have of the complete word of God. The, the, the fact that these prophets of the Old Testament were looking forward and they didn't have all of this amazing truths that we have to dwell on. Privileges even greater than the angels in heaven. And so this start of the letter, the beginning of the letter of 1 Peter is all about encouraging us to think about, dwell on, reflect on our salvation and particularly verses 10 to 12. Now, Jennifer, I noticed, said, you, look, you know this passage. I'm very impressed if you know this passage well. You know, it's not one of the ones I would have sort of thought I'd, I'd, I'd know it. But if you know it, great. You can help me, uh, help me unpack it. But verse, verse 10 of chapter 1 says something which is a little bit tricky to get your head around. And you have to read it a few times. But I'll, I'll read it. Verse 10 says, concerning this salvation, and what Peter's saying is by saying that, he's saying, look back to what I've just read, written to you in verses 3 to 9. Concerning this salvation... The prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care. So from the beginning of time, the prophets, the, the, the people who predict and look ahead, are, are, are revealing who God is. From the beginning of time, God has been revealing his nature, his character, his identity to humanity. And he has, was gradually saying, there will be a salvation for you, for those who trust in God. And so to do that, God chose prophets. God chose, uh, it happened to be men. Uh, there's debate about whether they were, there, there may be about four women amongst a whole range of prophets. But essentially, they were all men. And, and these prophets were just, uh, given the task of communicating the will of God to his people. That is what a prophet was. Uh, they, they pastored God's people. They taught them the law. They, they helped them to live God's way. They, they told them off from time to time. Uh, they showed them how to uh, be right with God. They called them to repentance. All of these things that this is what the, the, the prophets did. Uh, they, were watchmen, they were watchmen on the walls. They looked out for what God is doing. They put out judgments. And yes, they also wrote words we now know as scripture. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and so on. 
Now, I don't know whether you've ever been in conversation with someone about the Bible, and, and they've, they've sort of said to you things like, well, I don't think the Bible really holds together. I, I, don't really, I can't really trust the Bible. You know, how can you trust something that is written so long ago by, uh, by people, by human beings? And, and that's an interesting conversation to get into someone over a, a coffee or a drink or, or whatever. Uh, but actually, I think that the Bible holds together incredibly well. If you think about it, the Bible is, is written over a span of about 1,600 years. Uh, there's about 40 different authors uh, that, that go into the, in, just into the Old Testament, let alone the New. And it all ties together. There's no other document in, in the realm of, of literature where this is the case. The Bible is unique. Not only that, it is what is called progressive revelation. In other words, it, it progressively reveals who God is. One part builds on another part. No other writing in the, in the realm of, of human writings make, can make that claim. And not only that, but the prophets were, yes, saying things to the people of their day, but they were also talking about what was to come. They were predicting what was to come. And so somehow God enabled them to see what was to come and to write that down. And so Isaiah is probably the most famous example of this. Uh, Isaiah has some amazing prophecies that we read particularly at Christmas time, and I'll just read uh, one of them to you. Isaiah 9 verse 6, you'll recognise it straight away. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Handel's Messiah comes to mind, doesn't it? Isaiah is able to see what is to come, and to us a son is given. He also not only uh, foretells the birth of Christ, he also foretells his suffering. Isaiah 53 verse 3 says, He was despised and rejected, by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Wow, this is written a long time before Christ, and yet Isaiah sees the suffering of Christ. What about the Psalms? I mean, the Psalms are incredibly accurate in their foretelling. Of what was to come. Psalm 22 was quoted by Christ on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? Jesus cried that out on the cross, words written so long ago and yet foretelling what was to come. It's amazing, isn't it? It's fascinating how accurate these words are of such ancient ancestry. Psalm 69, that's the last one I'll quote. Psalm 69 verse 21 says, They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. That was fulfilled on the cross. Amazingly accurate. And so the prophets are searching the scriptures. They eagerly search the scriptures for Christ. That's my first point. Secondly, they didn't understand fully what they were writing. Look again at verses 10 and 11 of our passage. Peter writes, Concerning this, this salvation, the prophets 
who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. So Peter's saying that they, they searched the scriptures, they looked intently at what the Bible was saying, and they tried to understand what was to come. The Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. So remember, these are, these are highly intelligent scholars in, them, in their own right. These prophets are very intelligent uh, scholars of God. And they were writing down truths revealed to them about God. And they could tell, they were, they were working out in their spirit that the Holy Spirit was giving them glimpses of the grace of God and, and, and showing them a little bit about what was to come. And they tried to understand the message that they were being given. And yet that message was hidden from their eyes. Now, don't be, don't be fooled. These, these people were saved exactly in the same way we are saved. They were saved by faith in God. They knew the sacrifice of the temple weren't going to, they weren't going to work. Uh, they knew that that uh, endless sacrifice of lambs and bulls and all these other, uh, these atoning sacrifices, they knew that that somehow wasn't really doing it, as it were, for God. They knew that somehow more was needed, a perfect sacrifice was needed. They knew that the Messiah was coming. They knew something about the suffering of the Messiah. And they knew suffering would bring glory in the way that the world hadn't seen. But understand it? No. They, they couldn't understand it. It was, a, it was beyond their understanding. They longed to understand. Peter says they searched intently. And with the greatest care, they, they long to understand it. This salvation that you and I, maybe we take for granted. I don't know. But they would never have understood that, that people could be careless about salvation. That something so utterly important as eternal salvation, God coming to earth in Christ, they could never, they would never understand anyone taking that carelessly. And so Hebrews in the New Testament. A fascinating book. It's a connecting between the old and the new. Uh, it's writing about the prophets of the Old Testament and then connecting it to the new. And so Hebrews 11 verse 13 says this. All these people, the prophets and others, were still living by faith when they died. They didn't receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on this earth. So they were searching for, for this truth. They didn't, they didn't really understand it. They couldn't understand it. And yet they're not the only ones. This is my third thing I want to say. They weren't the only people to not understand what they were writing about. Now the Jews who they were writing to, they didn't understand it either. They did not understand the prophecies about the Christ. And the Jews of Jesus' day did not understand the prophecies about the Christ because they didn't recognise the Messiah when he appeared amongst them and they put him to death even Jesus' own disciples didn't understand the prophecies until after the resurrection 
And Jesus tried to enable them to get their heads around what the prophecies were saying about who he was and the privilege that was theirs. Matthew 13, 17, Jesus says this to his disciples, For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. And then, of course, we have that famous, well-known passage of the road to Emmaus, where Jesus draws alongside two disciples and gently, gently explains to them about who he is and the prophecies that have been fulfilled. How foolish you are, he says to, to those two disciples. How foolish you are. How slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. But it's only when the Spirit comes, it's only Pentecost, really, that that understanding begins to dawn upon them. And this brings out a huge truth as you and I grapple with Scripture, because this is what we need to do. We need to grapple with Scripture. <clears throat> there are those who tell us that Scripture must be interpreted exactly as the writers intended them. But that actually led to the crucifixion of Christ. That led to the Jews crucifying their Messiah. Instead, over and over again, the Holy Spirit led the disciples to a new and deeper understanding of the prophecies that they would have understood simply by reading the Old Testament. And that is why we must let the Old Testament interpret the sorry, the New Testament, we must let the New Testament interpret the Old rather than the other way around. I'll say that again, because that's not the easiest thing to get your head around. You've got to let the New Testament interpret the Old, rather than the other way around, rather than the Old Testament interpreting the New. That's why Bible study is really important, because it's the grappling with what the Word is saying. And so I wonder, as I was writing this, and I was wondering about myself as well as anybody else, I wonder, do we really and truly understand the privilege we have as believers today? For 4,000 years, the prophets spoke of this salvation that we, that we enjoy. We live on this side of the cross. We live on this side of the resurrection. We have the complete word of God. We've been born in the time the prophets foretold. When the Spirit of God will be poured out on the Gentiles and we will be sent to the ends of the earth to proclaim the gospel. Not only that, we're living in this part of the world where there is no limit on our going to church. I mean, Rachel would tell you, I don't know how it's in the pool at the moment, but we don't have a, a, a limit on our going to church. We don't have a, a, a limit on our Bible study. We don't have a limit on, on talking to each other about Christ. There's no limit on us sharing our faith like there is in other parts of the world where there is persecution. What a privilege we have as Christians in this day and in this part of the world. And that's why joining a group to grapple with God's word is so important. That's why joining a home group is so important. Because that's where you can talk about it with each other and share your ideas and, and understanding. And if you're not in a, a, a home group and you'd like to be talk to myself or 
John Langridge, and we'll do our best to link you up with a group. But there's one last thing I want to point out about this reading, and it really is mind-blowing when you begin to get your head around it. And it's the very last phrase of the reading in verse 12. Even angels long to look into these things. Now, I don't know whether you've ever met an angel. I think I have once in my life. But angels are spirit beings. Angels are created spirit beings who serve God. Uh, created pure, created holy, to dwell in the land of glory, to dwell in, in the heavenly glory. And created to minister to the heirs of salvation, who are you and I and all over the world, those who call themselves Christian. And yet while they are holy and sinless, the angels are intensely interested in salvation and the grace of God. Because they were, they were present when the world was created. They were present and they were aware of the fall of humanity. They, they were aware of the fact that there was the fall in the Garden of Eden. The angels watched with awe and uh, uh, with wonder the incarnation of Christ. The angels sang at his birth. The angels ministered to Christ as he was on the cross. And the angels, of course, were present at the resurrection. And angels have intense interest in human salvation. I never really thought about this before, but it's, it's absolutely fascinating. It's amazing. It's by watching how God transforms a human being that the angels learn more about who God is. They learn more about the one they serve as they see someone becoming Christ-like. Ephesians says that it's through the church that the angels learn the manifold wisdom of God and they will join in the praise and worship of God for all eternity. Revelation 5, 11 and 12 say these amazing words. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand upon ten thousand. And they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. A poet once said this, Holy, holy is what the angels sing, and I expect them to, to help make the court of heaven ring. But when I sing redemption's story, they shall fold their wings, for angels never knew the joy that my salvation brings. So my friends, be encouraged. Be encouraged. The salvation that you and I claim is the subject, was the subject of earnest search of the prophets. They intensely looked at the scriptures to foretell it. It's a subject of such importance that God sent his son into the world to secure it. It's something so important that the apostles were willing to suffer any hardship to spread the word of it. And it's a subject that even the angels in heaven are fascinated by. So how important is it to you and to me? Is it all important? 
or do you take it for granted? Is it something that you are willing to hold on to just for yourself? Because remember, this good news of salvation isn't just for you, it is for the whole world, it is for everyone. The gospel of salvation is for sharing. By our lives, by our words, by our deeds, every day. So as I let's ask God <clears throat> to give us that desire to share the good news, to give us that desire to share his, the, the good news of salvation that Jesus brings, forgiveness, reconciliation, and new starts, friendship between us and God. What a saviour we have. Now, to help us reflect on that, I've uh, found this uh, song by Matt Redman that, that speaks of this amazing truth that only angels fear to tread. So, as it's played, just take some time to dwell on this, reflect, and spend some time with God. If it wasn't for your mercy, if it wasn't for your love, if it wasn't for your kindness, how could I stand? If it wasn't for your cleansing, if it wasn't for your blood, if it wasn't for your goodness, how could I stand? Yet I find myself again Where even angels fear to tread Where I would never dare to come But for the cleansing of your blood With you there is forgiveness Jesus, it's your loving kindness that brings me to my knees, and I find myself again where even angels fear to tread, where I would never dare to come. But for the cleansing of your blood And the beauty of your holiness Here in the beauty of your holiness And the beauty of your holiness And the beauty of your Of your home. 
We continue with intercessions. God of peace and justice, we pray for the people of Ukraine today. We pray for peace and the laying down of weapons. We pray for all those who fear tomorrow, that your spirit of comfort would draw near to them. We pray for those with power over war and peace, for wisdom, discernment and compassion to guide their decisions. Above all, we pray for all your precious children, at risk and in fear, that you would hold and protect them. We pray in the name of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Amen. And Lord, we thank you that you have enabled Rachel to be with us today, and that you will continue to guide and bless her and all she does, both here on furlough and when she returns to Nepal. We pray for all the staff who walk along, work alongside Rachel, that they would know your peace and guidance. May you continue to bless all who visit Tanzan Hospital, whether they be a patient or a family member. May they be very aware that it is you who heals both their bodies and their souls. We pray for the team who assist Rachel in the running of the hospital and ask that you would supply all that is needed. We pray for the government, the generosity of the government to, and to enable a good relationship with the hospital. Your word tells us to pray for our leaders and so we bring before you the forthcoming changes within Parliament. We pray for those who will be putting their names forward for leadership in the Commons. We ask that you would give the gift them with honesty, integrity and a humble desire to lead as a servant of the United Kingdom. We pray for our Sovereign Queen Elizabeth in all she undertakes in these unsettled times. May you grant her your peace. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And if you would like to stand with us, we will share the peace together. Peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Thinking of COVID, we will uh, offer one another a sign of the peace. song before um, the Eucharist is angel voices and the singing brings us back to school. Mm -hmm. 
Christ given for you. Keep your eternal Eternal God, comforter of the afflicted and healer of the broken, you have fed us at the table of life and hope. Teach us the ways of gentleness and peace, that all the world may acknowledge the kingdom of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's just pray for those who can't be with us today. Father, we lift to those who can't be with us uh, at church today. Pray for each other or wherever they may be, that you would be with them, that you would bless them, uh, that you would pour out your spirit upon them and heal the broken hearted, give them victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Do join us for coffee after the service. Um, we've got an extra few minutes because we won't be able to get out <laughs> because of the, uh, the marathon, or whatever it is, the 10K is just starting. So they'll be whizzing past. So perhaps we can be outside to uh, clap them and encourage them. <laughs> or to go and tell out my soul, which is our final hymn.
peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. <laughs>